my friend. Thanks so much for coming out. I tell you what, I'm going to let you find a nice calm station to play while we hang out here by the fire. I'm going to run back inside and get the carafe of coffee. I'll be right back. Hey, you're listening to Guad.Rocks, God the World and Other Things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. I am so excited for you to hear this episode. This is the audio track from Other Things With, our YouTube channel. It's the latest installment. And you're going to listen to Other Things with Lex Landers. Lex is a longtime friend of mine. You'll find out more about him on the show. The focus of today's topic is keep your eye on the ball. And I'm already getting great feedback from people that I sent this out to ahead of time to just give them kind of a heads up, get their feedback, make sure everything's okay with the show before I go with live promotion. And I'm already receiving a lot of great feedback. So I want you to sit back. It's only about 34 minutes. You'll enjoy every bit. I would also encourage you to check out the YouTube channel that's in the show notes that will take you to the video. And it really is a different experience listening to it in audio only and also watching it on the program. So anyway, here it is, Other Things with Lex Landers. One point of clarification in the podcast, I talk about my oldest grandson. I'm referring to the oldest of the two grandchildren who belong to my youngest son, I have an older grandson who belongs to my other son, so I just want to make that clear. You know how it goes. Somebody in my family is going to get offended if I don't clarify this. But anyway, enjoy the show. Thank you so much for joining Other Things With, and today's special guest, our guest is Lex Landers. So you're watching Other Things with Lex Landers. How are you doing, my friend? Doing great, Kenny. Thanks for having me today. Really looking forward to the conversation. Well, let me give some uh, clarification right up front. I've known Lex a long time, and I think a lot of Lex Landers. And uh, in my opinion, and uh, we're not selling anything, Lex is fully gainfully employed, has a great job. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But Lex really is a a corporate guru. And uh, above that, he's a deep level thinker. And so uh, I'm excited to talk to Lex about something that God has placed on my heart, a phrase that's been going over and over in my mind, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. But Lex presently is the Vice President for Talent and Organizational Development with Lucid Hearing. And uh, Lex, I want you to, to tell our audience a little bit about Lucid, because uh, the first thing I think about is hearing aids, which y'all do that in spades, but it's really a whole lot more than that, and uh, it's pretty exciting. So if you could just kind of give our audience an understanding of what you're doing presently in your in your corporate position. Yeah, I would love to. You know, we like to say around here at Lucid that, you know, we're not just a hearing aid company, that our mission is to help people hear better, but but we're a company that can take care of your hearing health care and needs from the very first sound that you hear as an infant to all the moments that matter in between. Uh, so not just uh, hearing enhancement through hearing aids, but also hearing protection. Uh, we're very active in the music industry with in-ear monitors. Uh, some of the biggest acts in the world use our products. Uh, not sure if I should name them by name or not, but I go down to our lab at least once a week just to see uh, what type of uh, products they're working on for these uh, these world-renowned acts, and it's really, really cool to see. Yeah, and I thought it was, it was interesting because uh, I have grandkids, and we go to outdoor events and concert events, and uh, on a lot of people's minds are the uh, – a protection of their their children and their grandchildren's hearing. And so Lexus company makes 
uh, I guess you would call them earplugs or how, what would you say they are? Yeah, there's a, there's a multitude of different ways to protect your hearing. There's the more traditional, you know, plugs, you know, a little bit more fancy than just the foam in the ears that you would buy at the Home Depot or a big box retailer. Uh, but also what we call the, the hear muffs is what we specialize in for children that go to concerts or even like say a NASCAR event or a, uh, a very loud sporting event, uh, all the way to you know custom hearing, which does some of the coolest things you know, the uh, not to get too technical, but, you know, any sound above 25 decibels, you know, potentially causes permanent hearing loss. And uh, that's stuff you never get back. It doesn't get better. And uh, you've experienced it. I'm sure m many of you have. If uh, you go to a concert and for three days your ears are ringing, uh, it seems like it goes away and gets better. But you, you have suffered permanent hearing loss. And so we've got products that will limit the sound of what gets into your ear to that 25 decibel level, cut it off so that you can still hear clearly but it doesn't reach a level that actually damages your hear your hearing. Well, and, and what we'll do just as a service to our, our listeners is definitely um, in Lex bio that we put here in the show notes that uh, we'll put a link to his company uh, so the, that you can get a better understanding. Uh, Lex was sharing with me some of the, the groups that uh, have their in-ear monitors being built right now for world tours. They're getting ready to launch and it's pretty cool. So, uh, that'd be interesting to be there on the days that they come in because they actually get, do they get custom fitted there at your company? Is that correct? Many times they will come in. Uh, sometimes they, wherever they are locally, sometimes it'll be, you know, somewhere in the UK and they'll go to a licensed audiologist, uh, have a, an impression made of their you know ear canal, ship that to us. And then we'll make a, a custom hearing product or an inner in-ear monitor based on that impression. Yeah, that's awesome. But anyway, the the reason why I have Lex on my mind is because Lex, his personal background, a uh, big uh, sports enthusiast. Uh, you played college ball, is that correct, Lex? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, baseball, college baseball, and uh, he is a walking encyclopedia of sports knowledge, which is not really a part of the show today, but uh, it's just in him. And on top of being a personal athlete, college athlete, he also coaches little league. Uh, for his children and uh, stood in the middle of doing all that. But something that has been going over and over in my head is my father's voice, who is with the Lord now, but hearing my father say, Kenny, keep your eye on the ball. And I'm not going crazy, but I keep hearing my father say, Kenny, keep your eye on the ball. And it's in context as a, you know, as a Christian, I pray to God and he speaks to my spirit but it's in the context of all the, the terrible things that are happening. And, and I want to say uh, we're recording this on uh, the, the beginning week of uh, the response of Israel to the terrorist uh, attacks. And so I do it with uh, full understanding of the sensitivity of the nature of where we are. But it's because of really that very thing that I want to talk about this, because in the midst of this mayhem, and it just continues to pour forth across the globe in every form and fashion, that I find myself uh, being distracted. And in simple things in life, even to where, uh, you know, you go to set a Coca-Cola can down and I've got a permanent straw, you know, the metal straws. And it's something I do all the time. You set it down, but your mind's already moved on to the next thing. And even something as simple as your hand hitting the soda and knocking it over uh, just because you weren't paying attention and carrying through the act all the way to completion. But yet I back up and I see uh, a propensity 
especially with the, the, the world crisis that we're in on multiple levels, uh, Israel's situation being primary right now. But I find myself uh, this distraction and this buzz and this hum, which I've talked about in my podcast, Squad.Rocks, Guide the World and Other Things, but it can become very dangerous. I'm concerned because all of us are under a lot of pressure right now, and we can go a lot of different directions with that. But my feeling is, is that God wants us to have an ongoing successful life in the midst. But I was praying and I thought, you know, who can I talk to about this? And Lex came to mind. So I want to start first, Lex, with asking you as an athlete, uh, just what your sense is about that phrase, because I know you've heard it a thousand times as well, but keep your eye on the ball. What what does that say to you in the sports realm, first of all? Well, I tell you, Kenny, the, the number one most uttered phrase on any little league field throughout America is just that. Keep your eye on the ball. And it comes from not only dads, but moms and grandparents. We've all heard it. Sometimes we don't even know exactly what it means and uh, but it's uttered so much to the point to where sometimes even the kids just tune it out. But really, to me, what that means is, especially in baseball, if you think about it in context of you know being the batter, is that if you can't see the ball, you can't hit the ball. The only way to be effective and to accomplish the mission you have as a batter, which is to put the ball in play, is to see the ball clearly, to watch it all the way, and don't take your eye off the ball, so that when you do swing the bat, you can actually accomplish your mission. So in short, you know, what it means to me is it's that focus of doing what you're supposed to do in order to accomplish the mission that you were set out and put in that batter's box to do. Well, which to me is amazing. Uh, I think it says a lot about the capabilities of our human mind because of the fact that um, what's an average baseball pitch coming across the plate? What speed is it coming across the plate at in uh, pro ball, for example, pro baseball? Yeah, yeah, right now with the velocity being what it is, it's uh, on average about 96 and a half miles per hour. So, but what you're saying is that our human mind actually has the capability to stay focused on that little sphere all the way through that process. It is. Now, tell you something even more amazing about the human mind, Kenny, is you, know, you think about that type of velocity from 60 feet, six inches, which is the distance from the pitcher's mound to where the batter stands at home plate. And so science, they've actually proven conclusively that at that rate of speed, that you literally, it's impossible to keep your eye on the ball for the full amount of time. For the last uh, route three to five feet, the ball's coming in so quick that you're, you're literally not seeing the ball, but because if you've done enough repetitions of watching the ball at slower rates of speed, your brain can actually trick you into thinking that you're actually seeing the ball. It's creating this imagery in your mind because of massive amounts of repetition of not even where the ball is, but where the ball should be. And so that's a, that's a pretty fascinating thing to me. So we're actually given instructions at the major league level that's impossible to do to keep your eye on the ball but because they've trained so hard and diligently and through massive amounts of repetition, they, their mind is still able to accomplish the task. So in regards to that, uh, you were sharing with me about uh, that. What is the common speech you hear in the course of uh, uh, a practice session with your little league teams? And I thought it was applicable to what we're talking about as far as uh, what are, what are the focuses that you have on uh, any given evening in practice? It's 100% about the basic fundamentals of the game, which keeping your eye on the ball for a batter is, it doesn't get more fundamental, more core than that. 
the kids in uh, for context, you know, uh, Little League is a wide variety of ages from four to 16. Uh, I focus more on what they call the traditional uh, magical season for a, a Little League player, and that's their 12-year-old season. That's what you see on ESPN for the Little League World Series. But even at that level, these are kids that have been playing for, you know, eight years of their lives, eight of their 12 years they've been playing baseball, and they very quickly get bored at doing the fundamental things uh, of being great as a baseball player. And they beg me every practice, you know, coach, can we have a home run derby? Can we can we practice making diving catches? Can we, you know, practice robbing home runs, you know, up against the outfield fence? And my answer every time is no. What we're going to do are the same things you've done every practice since you were four years old. We're going to practice ground balls. We're going to practice our footwork. We're going to practice keeping our eye on the ball as a batter so that we can be in a position to do great things. I'll share a story with you, Kenny, and, I, and I, I'm kind of kicking myself for not following up with this, but uh, last week we had some rain here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and so um, at lunchtime I went to our baseball field facility to try to figure out if we're going to be able to even play that day. And so I pull into the parking lot. It's a big parking lot. Uh, I'm the only car in the parking lot except for one other car, and it's way in the back corner of the parking lot, and there's a guy outside of his car standing there playing the trombone. And which is kind of odd to think, you know, you know, there's some grown man just in the middle of the day playing the trombone. But it's not just that that made it odd is he's playing the scales just da -da 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 -da, over and over and over. So I go and walk and do my thing. And, you know, about 15, 20 minutes later, I'm walking back to my car and I still hear he hasn't stopped playing those scales over and over and over. And I thought, you know, there's got to be a story here. People don't just do that. And uh, and I and I wish I, in hindsight, had gone over to him and asked him, what are you doing? Why is this so important? But I bet had I asked him, why are you here? What you know, Do you enjoy playing these skills? He probably would have said, no, I probably don't enjoy it. But for me to play the music that I do love playing, I have to be great at the basics. And uh, so I hope I get to see him again so I could go and get him on camera. But Baseball's the same way. So when you hear things like keep your eye on the ball, really what we're saying is let's be great at the basics so that you can do the great things that are fun, like hitting home runs and, and making great plays. Now, to apply that uh, in real life, uh, other than sports, uh, you are in, in, and I testify to this, folks, because I've known Lex a long time. I've seen the work of his hands in the corporate world, and uh, he has uh, a gift uh, that's beyond what a lot of people possess, especially in the area of training, equipping, uh, teaching. Um, and so I'm curious, uh, how do you see this playing out? Uh, not like you, this role for you at Lucid is a relatively new position, is it not? How long have you been with Lucid? It's uh, well, now it's uh, four years now, believe oh, it or not. It's been a very quick four years. So <laughs> well, I. With my previous company for 21 years, so that's why it probably seems like it was, uh, you know, a pretty recent transition. I do stand corrected because, yes, uh, Lex uh, in his previous job, he worked all the way up from the basics all the way to the top of the corporation and was very successful. And then with Lucid making the transitions, so it's hard to believe it's been four years. Uh, that's telling, isn't it? But um, uh, how do you see this applying? And uh, as a trainer, as a teacher. As a, an organizational a developer, um, how does this apply in your everyday work? I mean, with the, the task that you have at hand. Yeah, you know, it's amazing. And, and I think that that's, uh, you know, you, you always wonder why God gives you the passions that he does. And, you know, for me, baseball 
you know, as a player, it was easy to see why you have that passion. It's just, it's fun to play and you learn so many life lessons through sports, not just in baseball. Uh, but that passion and that love for the game has never waned since, you know, the game told me that I can no longer play it because, you know, you get too old and too feeble. But it's amazing the the connection, you know, between the sports world and the business world. And uh, my team laughs at me all the time because anytime I start going into story mode, which I'm uh, often uh, <laughs> doing, they always laugh. And, you know, they kind of set the over and under of how many baseball analogies am I going to give, you know, during this little session. And, and uh, I've learned to accept that, you know, they make fun of me and that's okay. But the reason I do that is it's just amazing how teaching 12, you know, baseball to 12 year olds is so similar to uh, teaching, you know, whatever it is you're training in the corporate world. You know, and I think where the, the similarities, you know, where they are in relation to those basic fundamental things is you, you never, or you should never stop trying to be great at the basics and fundamentals of whatever it is, is you're doing for us. Uh, you know, fitting hearing aids and dispensing hearing aids. Uh, it, it's a life changing thing. It's something that literally I've seen it with my own eyes. Uh, people whose lives have been transformed because now they're they're hearing for the first time clearly or maybe for the first time in a long time. And it, it's very emotional to them and it, it gets very emotional for us as well. It's, it's uh, such a rewarding career field. But just like with those 12 year old baseball players, people always ask, can you build training to show us, you know, these advanced closing techniques, these advanced testing techniques, these, you know, these next level things so that we can help more people hear better. And uh, we just laugh and say, no, we're not going to do that. It's just the basic fundamental things that we're going to practice every single day uh, to be great at. And if you're great at those, then you're going to be able to accomplish your mission of helping more people hear better, changing more lives. Uh, so the, it's just remarkable how similar it is to keeping your eye on the ball in the business world. Keeping your eye on the ball is simply about what is the mission of your company and how are you going to live that out every single day? And that's what uh, keeping your eye on the ball in the corporate world is. Don't lose sight of why you're even here. And that's helping people. Do you, what kind of uh, challenges do you face in trying to drive that, that simple, I, I call it simple complex message home. I mean, is there anything off the top of your head you can share about that or feel liberty to share without well, being specific yeah. about names? Or <laughs> Yeah, you know, the, the, the biggest challenge is, uh, is the human brain itself. Uh, boredom sets in very, very quickly. The human brain is designed to uh, survive and then thrive. Uh, and once it gets to that survival point, some people talk about, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And once those basic core fundamental needs are met, the brain and the mind always goes to what's next, you know, as far as meeting those needs. And so it's kind of the same thing. Uh, boredom sets in. People get tired of practicing or doing the same things over and over. And that's why you always see, you know, 300 new business books every year about, you know, the new, the new style of leadership or the new normal or the new paradigm, the new this, the new that. Uh, scripture even says, you know, basically that there's nothing new under the sun. I, I believe that. I believe that's in Ecclesiastes. <laughs> And it's like the more things change, the more that they stay the same. And those core basic fundamental practices of personal accountability, of, uh, you know, having a heart centered type of leadership style. Um, while they do go out of style, uh, they, they really don't because all these new books really are just pointing to the old. But really, the challenge is just keeping people from being bored with the basics uh, and keeping people focused. That's that's the daily challenge. So combined with what's going on in my head right now regarding what I've been hearing about keeping my eye on the ball. Uh, mm -hmm. I think absolutely um, as an individual, 
And I think as a people that um, the external stresses, which are great, coupled with um, a sense of maybe loss of hope about the future, um, can, I think, move into some sort of a, of a, an intellectual boredom or maybe a retraction to where they pull away from reality or they pull away from uh, what is. And, uh, you know, a lot of things begin to happen that are adverse. And uh, so, you know, with that in mind um, and what you're saying is that what it says to me is that um, during these difficult times, and it is a difficult time, you and I both are old enough to have a context of um, what a different time this is. And uh, actually, you and, you know, you're younger than me, but we both were brought up in a time, really a relative relative peace, uh, so to speak. I mean, we've been in constant war as a nation since World War One, I, I guess, or World War II. But, but I'm saying in, in context, relative peace. Uh, I came to 18 right after they, like literally six months after they stopped the draft for Vietnam. And um, I missed the enlistment right after um, I was like six months older than what you had to be to register for the new um, program. So we've enjoyed a really sweet time, so to speak. I mean, I know that there's been a lot of conflict and heartache, but I'm saying, but today is like no other day. And it has a lot of people asking questions that, is this the end of days? Is this the apocalypse? Are we entering into the seven years of tribulation the Christian Bible speaks about? But yet, uh, just example, last night, uh, we have grandkid duty because my both my sons are in California right now staying at the beachside bungalow of my oldest son's in-laws. Uh, they have a home there and a home here in uh, Spring Hill, Tennessee. And so they came here uh, up through Christmas. So they were kind enough to give their home over to their son-in-law and his brother and my other son. And so they're there. So we have the grandkids. And uh, I went over to the house. We're keeping the kids at their house. It's a lot more uh, peaceful for them. But going to bed, uh, our oldest grandson, he's three, uh, he gave me the book to read on dinosaurs and sitting there with him and, you know, just in that moment and to see his face and he put his hand in mine. And every time he, he knew all the dinosaur names, which is amazing, um, calling them out. But, uh, you know, I give him the high five. Well, then at one point his high five hit my hands and it kind of actually went into my fingers and it made me stop for just a minute and look at him. And I was moved because thinking, you know, I want a future for this kid, for this sweet little boy. And he's such a, a helpful child. It's amazing how, how caring he is. And so, you know, you got that going on in your head to where we have these things around us that, that appear to be able to threaten perhaps our future. And yet what I know in myself, I can't live with a sense of lack of optimism about the future. And so, you know, with what you're talking about, the focus on the fundamentals that uh, it's saying to me, as hard as it is right now to keep my eye on the ball, which is doing the basics, um, you know, being the, the, the husband I should be, the father I should be, the grandfather I should be, um, that it's, it's hard. I mean, it's uh, challenging, but it's imperative. I mean, what's your take on that, Lex? I mean, your, your children, if you don't mind me sharing, because you have a, a good spectrum. I I'm first met Lex and he had two beautiful little girls. And since then he has two additional children, right? That, and, but so give me the context for you as a father 
and uh, you have four children, and the oldest ones are in their thirties now. Is she thirty? Yeah, uh, Lee, uh, the oldest is thirty. Uh, yeah. Number two is twenty-eight, and then number three is about to turn twenty-one, and then our youngest is uh, a senior this year, about to uh, uh, turn eighteen. So, in in the context of what we're talking about, about keeping our eye on the ball, and as you, I think, really done a good job of drawing the the comparison that baseball really, and I think that's one reason why baseball is America's, you know, number one sport. Um, I guess some would argue that football is, but but still, baseball was invented here, and uh, but the reason why is because it does have a lot of application to life. But so extrapolating all of this down into your own life to where you have uh, children um, right at my age and then younger, you know, to right at uh, 17, 18. How does this fit into your world? I mean, as far as what you're doing moving forward with all the pressure that's happening. Yeah. And I think the, uh, I think it really brings up a great point, Kenny, is what, what ball do you focus on if there's three or four balls being thrown at you? And that's kind of life today, right? So, so, so when you say put, you know, keep your eye on the ball, a lot of times people are thinking, you know, metaphorically or even literally, which ball, you know, what, where are the priorities? Because if I take my eye off of one of them, am I going to get hit with the other three that just got thrown at me? Uh, so that's really the, the challenge in today's world, whether it be as a parent or as a, you know, vice president of a department uh, or a baseball coach. So I think that, you know, as a father or a uh, leader within an organization, it's helping people prioritize what those things are. Of course, we know that, you know, as a father, uh, there is no greater calling as a and duty as a father is to lead your children to Christ. So that's that's really where it all starts is where where do I prioritize my time? And when someone says, which ball should I focus on and keep my eye on? It's identifying the ones that lead them to Christ or keep them centered within that relationship with Christ. Because uh, I tell you, in the world today, I mean, it, it's anyone listening to this, it's not going to be a surprise to them when I say that there's a lot of baseballs being thrown at us right now. And it could be the world events that are uh, going on, just as you mentioned. Uh, it could be uh, the different agendas uh, politically that are going on that undermine the, the core family values that we hold there as a nation and as, as Christians. Uh, it could be in, even in a from a corporate standpoint, every company has a mission statement, Kenny. It's a, and the way I can prove that is you can go to their executive conference room and there's going to be a poster on the wall and that's you know their their marching orders. But their eyes get taken off the ball because they start focusing on things that don't necessarily contribute to that mission. It could be uh, becoming too focused on you know this quarter's revenue stream. It could be too focused on research and development and keeping up with the latest, greatest products. Um, so, but specifically to your question, you know, as, as a parent, as, you know, someone trying to lead a family, it's all about making sure that you're helping people prioritize what matters most is what, what I like to call matters of consequence. What's going to help us accomplish that mission. First of all, make sure you know what your mission is, whether it's as a father or as a department lead, and then, Get rid of the rubble, and if there's too many baseballs being thrown at you, remove those people from the field and allow there to just be one pitcher throwing baseballs. Wow. Uh, that was a breakthrough moment for me right there, Lex, because uh, you've given me the pivot point about what I sense is going on, that uh, it, there isn't just one ball being thrown at me to hit, uh, or it's like trying to go out and, and practice golf. Uh, and, uh, you've got all these incoming golf balls from the, 
the ball, uh, you know, the machine that's cleaning up the stuff from the field. And so uh, what a great point uh, and a challenge for us to really stop. And I tell you, folks, uh, this requires right now, this requires that we as individuals set aside personal time to unplug, to um, remove ourselves from interaction with other people, to seek a place of solitude, a place of peace, uh, like physiologically peace uh, to where you don't have a lot of external distractions and to sit back and to reevaluate that what are the important things in your life and uh, something that I'm telling everyone who is a Christian, we need to be talking about where people are headed uh, with eternity. And the Bible makes it clear that God has written eternity on our hearts. I've done a lot of funerals in my life as a minister of the gospel. And at every funeral at the graveside service, I always talk about the fact that every person standing there and I always get everyone head nodding because they're all looking at me because I'm speaking, standing at the head of the casket is that every person here knows that you don't cease to exist once your body's put into the grave, that you know that you are much more valuable than that and that you go on forever. And so I think there's a time to where we've got to be overt in our testimony and our speech to people about where they're headed and what is their focus? Because I can tell you this much, they're absolutely thinking about it, especially right now, because they're putting their head on their pillow at night and they're wondering what is going to happen to me. It comes down to me, doesn't it? Uh, I mean, if we don't know where we're headed, then how can we help anybody else get there? One of my favorite uh, baseball caps that I saw in one of these gift shops in Arkansas, which would you know kind of stand to reason, but is that uh, which way did they go? How many of them were there? I must find them. I'm their leader. And uh, so we can't uh, lead people where we don't even know where we're going. And so I think that's excellent. But also, as you said, Lex, to take time and probably take out a sheet of paper and to write down what are all of the baseballs being thrown at me right now that I'm expected to hit. And as Lex said, some of them need to be removed from the field, uh, remove the players from the field that are creating the distraction. Because as much as we would like to think we can handle uh, multitasking, uh, it's a proven fact that the human brain can't, uh, that we have to stay focused on the, the task at hand. Um, so I encourage you, uh, those of you who are watching this program, to take some time to reevaluate uh, your life and what are you giving attention to. And we know that these are tough times, but at the same time, as I share with people that that are asking me, do you think this is the end of days? That here's the point. It, it, in the sense of how we live today, it's irrelevant whether this is the end of days or not, because we are human beings. God has placed each of us here with giftedness and a purpose for being, and he expects for us to carry that out. And so sometimes it's just, uh, you know, the song, you know, one foot in front of the other, soon you'll be walking out the door that at times, uh, and, and really based on what Lex is sharing with us, that it never really goes beyond that in the sense of how do we move forward in life is to keep our eye on the ball, keep our eyes focused on the path. Uh, the Bible says it just comes to mind that, you know, your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. So, uh, you know, and, and anything else that you want to share, Lex, that God is saying to you, uh, and, and folks, I want to point something out, as I just say, as God shared to you, um, 
you know, this program, not every person that we host on here is going to be someone who uh, is a professing Christian. Okay. My overarching mission of this, this YouTube channel, other things with is uh, a, a video program that encourages and inspires. And I think that every human being has something in their life uh, that can be that for us, that we can glean from them, you know, a message of hope to do things and to advance forward, to keep being human, to keep being successful, to keep being diligent in what we have been put on the planet to do. But at the same time, I, I, I want to point out that there are a lot of people like Lex Landers who are very successful in the corporate world, and he's very overt about his faith, and he's been that as long as I've known him. So uh, that's why I, I say that is uh, we need to remember that there are a lot of people out there who believe. And so, Lex, anything in closing that you want to share uh, as we kind of tie all this up? I'll let you take the last word. Thanks, Kenny. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing that you mentioned that bit of scripture about a, a lamp into the feet and a light into the path. That's exactly what I was thinking about is, uh, you know, if only there were this blueprint or this map you know, to help us focus. Um, and the great news is there is. Uh, I think about as a kid going to Six Flags, you know, I live close to Six Flags and, you know, then taking my kids. Anytime you were trying to find a ride, you know, you'd go up to the map that was posted. The first thing you look for is that little mark that says, you are here. So that's a great starting place is just take inventory. You know, where am I right now? And that's going to help you get to where you want to be. And of course, as we know, scripture is a great blueprint and roadmap to help us get there. You know, so I, I would say this as a word of encouragement in closing, Kenny, is that, um, you know, I, uh, I practice probably more than most Little League coaches do, and I try to make it fun. It's not about winning. It's about life lessons and, you know, the development of the players, both as baseball players, but also as young men and women, is that, you know, failure is going to come. And you could have the best advice in the world, keep your eye on the ball, yet they keep swinging and missing and striking out and not having the success and discouragement uh, settles in very quickly to the point of people just wanting to give up. And so my message to my little little league baseball players is uh, that striking out is not failure at all. Uh, it, what it is, it's learning. As long as what you learn from it, you can glean from it and you can uh, get a different result next time. Always encourage my players to think when, when success doesn't come, what can I do differently? What can I do to have a different result next time? And so that's my encouragement to anyone listening to this as well. Uh, failure is going to come. But don't look at it as failure. You didn't fail. You learned. And take it to God. Allow him to do with it what he will. Uh, and what you're going to find is that the growth, the biggest amount of growth that you have, whether it's in your baseball career, whether it's in your uh, professional life or with your walk with God, it's those struggles and times that seem like failure where there's the most growth that takes place. So stay encouraged. Keep your eye on the ball. And when there's too many baseballs coming at you, find a way to get those baseballs out of the picture. All right. Well, with that, my friend, we bid you peace.